Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. I want to try and kind of put a cap on our redemptive teaching. Not that we ever depart from it because all of our teaching here at Island Church will always have elements of faith, redemption, always have elements of the supernatural, that which God does. Acts chapter 17, beginning there in verse, looks like 26. Now, remember where Paul is in his travels. He's at, he's at, uh, he's at Athens, and it's a very ungodly town, a very ungodly city. And as far as we know, it's the only place he never founded or started a church. There was a lot of uh, philosophy there. There were the Stoics, the Epicureans, the uh, different ones. And, and let me just say it like this. It's just a bunch of religious people. Everybody say religious. Now let me tell you something about the devil. He does not like the move of God or a church as described in the book of Acts. Because it is supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Listen, the church in the book of Acts is supernatural, and the church today, 2,000 years later, ought to be a supernatural church. That means the power in the name of Jesus. That means signs, wonders, miracles. That means all the goodness of God and manifestation. Now listen, there's a lot of people that has departed from that. I, I was listening to, to, to a minister this week, and he said, you know what has happened is much of Christianity has departed from the true template of the book of Acts and gone into the occult. Now, for a, for a moment, when he said that, I thought to myself, now, what do you mean gone into the occult? And then he began to explain how these huge denominations raise up that have hundreds and some of them thousands of churches and how they represent this great organization. And through that organization, they declare what they believe or how they interpret the Word of God. And with that organization, they are able to intimidate people, they're able to manipulate people, and they're able to control people. And that is actually the three tenets of occultic worship. And a lot of churches have just gone into the occult. Most of them don't even realize it. But we're going to stay with the book of Acts. I tell you, all through the book of Acts, Acts 1, we have 28 chapters of the Holy Ghost supernatural working in believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. Now, notice this. It says there in verse 26, And hath had made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him and find Him though he be not far from every one of us. Isn't that good? That God's, you think of all the people that are lost out there and how God's not far from any of them. Amen? It says this. It says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of, you, of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now let me, can I read that in the Amplified? I like it in the Amplified. Let me find it here. And he made from one common origin or source one blood. Everybody say one blood. Now that right there ought to erase all prejudice. Come on, church. I'm telling you, the church should, the church should be multicultural, multiracial, and it should be that way because we're all of one blood. Amen. It doesn't matter what your skin looks like. If you get hurt, you want human blood. You don't want cow blood. That's not going to work. 
But we're all of one blood. Everybody say one blood. It says made of one blood, all the nations of men uh, to settle on the face of the earth having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, lands, and abodes. You know what that means? God had you alive right now. For, for, listen, for no other reason, you ought to be real happy God has you alive at a time in which there's doctors, there's medicine, there's, there's cars, there's airplanes, there's air conditioning, there's mosquito spray, there's all, all the comforts and conveniences of living in this modern age that we live. I thank God it's not 1900. And why are we here? Because God determined it. He determined for us to be here. Now notice what it says. It says, so that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after Him and find Him, although He is not far from each of us. For in Him we live and we move and we have our being, even as some of your own poets have said, for we are also His, or we are also his offspring. Now, here's, redemption gives us truth, not facts, but truth. Undeniable truth and reality of what the Word of God establishes. And the truth of the Word of God is this. It, 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 it tells us who God is and it shows us our relationship to God. Now, God is the creator of all men. All men and women. Are you with me? He is the creator of all men and women. But He is not the Father of all men and women. Now, now, you know, sometimes you hear kind of a moan go through there, but uh, through the congregation when you say that. But in reality, God is the creator of all men, but He's not the father of all men. We are all born into the human family. We are all of one blood and of one origin. But as we've said over and over and over and over, there are two families upon the earth. There is the human family who suffers under the fall of the Adamic curse. The Adamic being Adam. Everybody say Adam. But thank God the last Adam came and his name was Jesus and he made a way in which there seemed to be no way so that men and women could be what? Born again. I, I was studying because so much was being said about, about immigration, uh, you know, in the news and stuff this week and, and in studying the scripture. And the Lord spoke to my spirit. He said, tell the church and tell believers you didn't immigrate into the family. I'm going to let that settle down. You say, why? Because some of you are still fighting for your rights and privileges. No, you didn't immigrate into the family. You were born into it. I said, you were born into it. Now, go over to the book of, go over to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 9. I tell you, there's some shouting stuff in here. But the point I'm wanting you to see is that through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Scriptures, the truth of the Word of God, we are an unusual group of people on the earth today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is where we read. Did you get that? Get that? 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter is right before 2 Peter. But I think something that we kind of miss is not realizing, because we could probably get together right now and find how many different nations of origin 
We may have people here today that have nations of origin, uh, Mexico, Central America, South America, uh, maybe some African nations represented, maybe some European nations represented. We can probably all trace our ancestry back to some other nation other than the United States of America. Every one of us can. But God wanted us to know that when it came to nations, that out of all the nations of the earth, God was going to raise up one nation. Everybody say, one nation. You say, now what nation is that? Well, it's not America. Everybody gets quiet. No, it's the church. I said, it's the church. Thank God for America. Thank God for the liberty that we have here. But the nation that comes out of all the nations, the nation that comes out of all the peoples of the earth, the nations that comes out of all of that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through His redemptive power, He has made us one nation that is literally a nation dislocated from its origin. I like brother, what Brother Osteen used to say. He says, we're a people trying to get back to a place we've never been to. Did you get that? We're a people trying to get back to a place we've never been to. You say, why? Because we are of the nation of heaven. We are of the nation of God. And that affords us certain rights and privileges here even on this earth because God calls us what? He calls us ambassadors. And what is an ambassador but a representative of one country that abides in another country, but in that country they're given an embassy, and in that embassy it is declared the sovereign ground of that nation. <laughs> if you can really get a hold of this this morning, a lot of the torment of the devil and the things that you're going through would be over when you begin to realize, I am an ambassador of Christ, I am a representative from the kingdom of heaven, and I live, this little area around me is the sovereign property of God Almighty. Now in our embassies, we have the Marine Corps. Amen. We have the Marine Corps and they're supposed to protect against any kind of encroachment. But in ours, we have the Holy Ghost. We have the name of Jesus. We have the power of the Word of God. And we have everything we need to live as a nation that has been brought out of the nations as the family of God. Amen. Now, did I tell you 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Now listen to this. But ye are a chosen generation. Everybody say chosen. Now, that's one of the greatest revelations you can get. Now, this is not an excuse for predestination. That God chose me, He didn't choose you. That's not what it's talking about. Your decision to become a born again a believer has made you chosen. When you chose Him, He chose you. I said when you chose Him, He chose you. You are a chosen generation. Now notice this, a royal priesthood. Oh man, we, ought, we might ought to do a series on the royal priesthood. You say why? Because the royal priesthood in the nation of Israel was a very unique pe group of people. They were of the tribe of Levi and they were entrusted with all that went on in the temple. They handled the presence of God. They handled the sacrifices of God. They were the ones that had approached to Him. They were the ones that had all of the benefits of being in the covenant that they were in. But God says of every one of us, not just ministers, not just special people, not just special chosen people, but of every believer that we are what? We are a royal priesthood. 
which connects not only the priesthood to the royalty of God, but also the, pre the, the, the royalty of God to the priesthood both ways. You say, what do you mean? We have the benefits of the kings, the prophets, and the priests. Which is what? Access. Everybody say access. Now notice this. These are all redemptive rights. But you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Now here's, here's what we were just talking about. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Look at your neighbor say, you look peculiar to me. Amen. A peculiar people that we should be kind of weird and kind of float around on clouds and no, that we should what? Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now let me let me let's let's try the first part of it. God through redemption has called you out of darkness. I said, God has called you out of darkness. You must come out of darkness. Come out of the drugs. Come out of the perverse lifestyle. Come out of all that was wrong with you because of your human birth and enter into the light, which is all that is right about you because of the new birth. When the devil gets you in your mind and tries to torment you to go back to old ways and old things and all kinds of stuff, you tell him, no, I'm not heading back toward darkness. I'm headed forward toward light. I'm not going to live in the darkness. I'm going to live in the light of God. Now, I like, I like this to Amplified too. Oh, you'll like this. In the Amplified it says, but you are a chosen race. So next time you're filling out an application or something and it says race... Just write chosen. Right there where it has other. You know, it says, it says Asian, Caucasian, African American. Just where it says other, write chosen. Amen? You say, well, they don't accept that. It don't matter. God does. You are a chosen race. Everybody say, I'm chosen. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. I love this. God's own purchased special people. Now let me get up here and tell you that. You are God's own purchased special people. Well, I don't want to go around feeling like I'm somebody special. I do! I am a special person. See, the whole world tries to get you to dumb down to anybody being, well, we got this special rock star and this special politician and this special businessman. No, you are a special person to the only one in whom it matters, and that's God. Everybody say, I'm special. Say, I'm special. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Doesn't that feel good? special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him. You are called by God. You are chosen by God. You're anointed by God. You're a royal priesthood so that your life can show forth all of His attributes, all of the things that's special about You say, now what do you mean by that? That is all of the things that you believe God for. The breakthroughs, the answered prayer. Great testimony, Brother Larry. Brother Larry received a great breakthrough this week that he'd been believing God for what? Years. 
years believing God. And Thursday got up, breakthrough morning. What was that doing? That was displaying the virtues of God in his life. Oh, somebody ought to get excited. You can get over into the material. That new house, that new car, those new things that you get, that, that, that health report that you get, that your, that your body is, a, all of those things display the virtues. It's like God's showcase, His trophy case in your life of all that He is doing. That is your testimony. You may be going through a test, but at the end of the test, you get the testimony. Everybody say, I get the testimony. Say, I get the testimony. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you were un unpitied, but now you are pitied and have received mercy. Everybody say mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. That's God's ability for stop, or to stop from happening to you what should happen to you. Amen. Now, this is our, this is our, for the next uh, oh, five or ten minutes here, this is going to be our uh, introduction class into your new nation status. Just like if you were, you know, being taught how to be an American or a European or whatever, you're being taught how to be or how to live. This is how you live in the redemptive nation. Everybody say, I live, I live in the redemptive nation. I live in the chosen and redeemed. I'm a part of God's holy family, the royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar, special person. Living the redeemed life. Number one, you've got to speak a new language. And most people say, well, I don't have time to learn Spanish. I don't have time to learn. We're not talking about that language. We're talking about learning to speak the language of redemption. You say, what do you mean by that? You're no longer a poor old sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creature. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. You've got to learn to begin to use your words to change your world, to change your life, to change your destiny because nothing will ever change in your life till your words change. And listen, if you've been speaking bitter words, if you've been speaking bad words, if you've been sowing negative seed because that's what words are of seed, you need to repent. You need to say, God, forgive me. I cancel every negative word I've ever said. I cancel and dig up all the negative seed I've ever sowed. And from now on, I'm going to put a watch on my mouth and I'm going to speak the language of redemption. And the language of redemption is like this. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Let the, let the sick say, I'm healed. That's the language of redemption. You're not asking for God to do something. You're declaring your identity. In your identity, you are the healed of God. You are the blessed of God. You are the redeemed of God. And you are the delivered of Almighty God. Everybody say, change my language. Second, you have to see through the eyes of redemption. Now, we could, each one of these, we could go a whole service or a whole week on. The eyes of redemption means you don't see things the way you used to see things. 
There's so many people that get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and their problem is, is they still look or they still see the same way. Listen, the Bible says, first of all, in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, that we should know no man after the flesh, and we should not know Jesus after the flesh. Which means, number one, we can't just meditate and dwell on the humble uh, a carpenter that walked three and a half years in the Galilee, Jerusalem area. We have to see the risen Son of God who is seated at the right hand of the Father in whom God has placed us in. Now, don't get me wrong. I love studying Jesus. I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I love blind Bartimaeus. I preach on those things over and over and over and over. But when I see Jesus, I don't see somebody walking 2,000 years ago. I see somebody today seated at the right hand of the Father whose blood is on the mercy seat, who has the scars of the covenant in his hands, who is right, who is righteous, who has health, healing in his wings, who is the prosperity of God, and God has placed me in him. I am in Christ Jesus. Then the Bible says we should not see one another. You can't look at your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Judge them. Do other things that are not right. You have to walk in love. You have to walk in peace. We have to walk together. We have to strive to have the spirit of unity and the bond of peace because we see each other as valuable. We see each other as having a purpose. And we see each other as being needed in that which God is doing in the earth today. There is no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. Amen? Is this helping anybody? Number three. And this, is, this, this one here really will hit home in this day and hour. You've got to value this. What value do you place on your salvation? What value do you place on the Word of God? What value do you place on prayer? What value do you place on the church? What value? I've, I've talked to people for years, especially when I was in field ministry, and, and they'd talk about wanting to leave this church or go here or do this or that when God had them planted somewhere. And I'd say, don't you value where you are? Well, you know, I'm just, things are getting kind of, things are just kind of getting dull around there. It's not as, a friend of mine who's pastors of a large church, had a couple in the church, 30 years, 30 years, ever service, faithful, ever service. So they decided to leave. So he heard when that they were going to leave. People had been in his leadership, raised their kids in the church, been blessed. And so they came into the office, sat down in his office. He says, now tell me, why, why are you leaving? Are y'all moving? Something like, he said, no. We just thought we'd want a little something different. I'm not going to tell you what that pastor said. But let me say this. They didn't value 30 years of being pastored, of not being dead prematurely, of being in the kingdom of God, financial prosperity, raising their kids. You've got to learn to value what God gives you. You've got to learn to value. If you don't value it, listen, let me just say this about everything of value in your life. What you do not value, you will lose. What you do not value, you will lose. And if you value God, then you value His Word, and you value prayer, and you value the move of the Spirit, you might value the church you go to, you value your pastor, you value your brothers and sisters that sit around you in church, those that you work with and interact with, you will have something in you that will carry you through those times in which the enemy tries to get you to devalue what God has empowered you to value. Mm -mm -mm. Everybody say, value it. 
ask yourself, is this really worth it? Is this really worth it? I got good news. It's worth it. I said, I got good news. It's worth it. Now, the last thing, let me, how's my time? I'm trying to get you out of here in time. We're called out of the world, out of the world and its ways. We're called out of the dominion of our mind and our flesh. We're called out of old habits and old attitudes. But here's the key, and I'll close with this. If I don't, I'll, I'll keep on going. Here's the key. You must make the departure. Everybody say the departure. You know, you could go to a, 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 an airport for a, for a flight that you have to take. And what's amazing about that is they don't, they don't run on your time. You run on their time. You don't call up and say, you know, I'm running about 15 minutes late. Could you hold that plane? They're not going to do that. They're going to depart without you. Everybody say, without you. So you have to make the decision in your life to take off. Everybody say, take off. And what taking off means is you begin to put the maximum effort into your spirituality. You know, you can do that with your flesh and develop strength. You can do that with your mind and develop intellectual power. But if you'll do that with your spirit, you'll develop faith to receive anything you need from God. You've got to make a decision. I am going to depart from my old ways of thinking. I'm going to depart from my old ways of doing things. I'm going to depart from how I used to speak. I'm going to depart from how I used to look at things. And I am going to depart into the things of God. Now listen, people say this. Well, Pastor, there's kind of unknown out there. You don't know. I don't know if I were were to go too far. Would God call me to Africa? Would God do this? Who cares? Whatever God calls you to do, you know that you're chosen to do it. God has His hand on you to do it. The blessing will be there to do it. And you do not want to miss what God has for your life. Everybody say, it's time to take off. It's time to take off. It's time to depart into the redemptive realities of what God has given us in Christ Jesus. Now everybody say this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I am redeemed from the human fall. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father. Because of that, I'm part of a new nation. I'm part of a new family. God is my very own. Heavenly Father, and I am a new creature in Him. Thank you, Father. He that knew no sin, Jesus my Savior, was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I declare I am, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That gives me access. That gives me rights and privileges. That empowers me with the Word. That anoints me by His Spirit. I will not live defeated. I will rise up in the faith that I have and live as the royal priesthood you have chosen me to be here on the earth. I will live victoriously. I will live healthy. I will live in prosperity. And I will value it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stand on your feet and shout. Come on, somebody shout. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, everybody that prayed that prayer, you're saved. If you're backslid, you're back with God. 
Now, look, it's amazing the effort we put into sin when we lived in sin. I mean, we put effort into it. It was, it was an effort to, to stay drunk or stoned or stupid or whatever it was. Amen? Put the effort in. Put the effort into serving God. Put that effort in. You say, why? Because this is your life forever. Let me say that again. This is your life forever. You are now living in eternity. Eternity doesn't come the day you die. Eternity came the day you made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Live in eternal realities. Live in redemptive realities. Consume and devour that Word. Spend your time on your knees in prayer. Lay out prostate before the Lord. Listen, put in the effort and I guarantee you will see the payoff. And then when we as a church, when we begin to add extra effort to what we do as a body, do it. Be a part of it. May, coming up, we're going to have a time of fasting and prayer during the month of May. We're going to believe God for the greatest summer of evangelism we've ever seen here at Island Church. We've got some things we're going to do, some programs we're going to initiate that will include everybody that wants to be a part of it, going out into the neighborhoods, doing wonderful things. We've already got a program uh, that we can do it by. And we're going to, listen, we're going to let people know we are here and who we are. We're not looking for other people's church members. I said, we're not looking for other people's church members. We're looking for those that don't know Him. He's not far. I said, He's not far from anybody. Amen. Father, we thank You for this day. Thank You for the information. Thank You for the inspiration. And Lord, we thank You for the demonstration of Your life and power this day. Thank You for touching our praise and our worship. Such a wonderful time of being with You, Lord. As we leave today, we declare protection and safety over all those that are here. And Lord, those that couldn't make it to service today, we declared over them also. Thank you, Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father. We as your children walk upon serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Fathers, we travel the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. We declare your protection and safety. Father, as we work, we handle the resource, our contractors, our men and women that work up in the plants, our men and women that work up at UTMB, all of those involved in education, everyone in the workplace handling the resource you've given. First of all, Father, bless them this week. Bless them. Thank you for raises and bonuses and increase and contract sign and promotions. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Father. And Lord, we thank you that No evil befalls us. No evil plans of wicked men. Satan himself, we say you're under our feet. We will live a protected life this week in Jesus' name. Father, also let us ever be aware of that wonderful door of utterance that we have. Let us go forth from Island Church today being a blessing to people, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in someone's life, practicing the ministry of reconciliation, restoration, and encouragement for all people in Jesus' name. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com.